You've still got some? That's all there is. What, are you gonna give it to Lex? No! Yeah, but Lex... If we could find out what was in it... Maybe we can make some more. All we gotta do is analyze it. I don't know. You see, I'm not a chemist. You're the nearest thing we've got to one. Uh, apart from Tysan, of course. No. Tysan is not a scientist. Exactly. You're our only chance, Jack. You're our last chance. For all of us. So welcome to Series 2, Episode 3 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Maggie. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 3, the screenplay was done by Anthony Reed. It was directed by Costa Boats, and the episode synopsis were read out by Sabine. Unable to find a formula for the antidote, Jack and Bray must attempt to analyze what little remains, while trying to keep it out of the hands of Lex, while Tysan puts her trust in herbal medicine. The grateful city dwellers soon turn nasty when they suspect the mole rats of keeping the antidote for themselves, and, as the virus begins to spread beyond the city, Alice takes charge of an angry and desperate mob looking for the answers. Okay, panel, let's jump right into the biggest matter. Tyson. I had some <sighs> lots of nice words today. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Dow and Jack reveal that the empty folder that they brought back from the government building for Project Eagle Mountain is empty and it leaves the tribe despondent. However, Tyson, who unbeknownst to the group, has already read and burned its entire contents, claims that herbal medicine can save them all. So, I mean, pretty, well, loaded question here, but how did you react to Tysan's lie by omission regarding the source of her so-called knowledge? Well, I can't say out loud my reaction. It's not <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> uh, it, it definitely makes you question even more, you know, like where or why she's doing what she's doing. I still can't find a good reason for it. Can we just, just explain a bit more about Tysan? You know, why she burned that formula it was just so she can claim, look, it's herbal medicine. That's the thing we need. You know, she always wanted to push stuff like that. And now she can just claim, no science, no, we don't need science. I can fix this for you. I'm important. Look at my knowledge. I get why Tysan's doing what she's doing. Like, I, I when we first did episode one i really hadn't had time to wrap my head around it but i've been thinking about it since i get it i know where tysan's coming from i don't agree with her actions and her hubris gets the better of her and she ends up trapped in her own hypocrisy but i do get where she's coming from um i do understand like why she burnt the formula i i understand what she thinks she's going to accomplish doing this and, you know, we already had discussed that Tysan doesn't do the whole science thing. She believes it brings about her downfall and she wants us to get back to nature. Okay. And I even like her point. Like the, what she's trying to point out is that everyone's looking for science to find the formula and she can find the formula through plant life. I get that. I get where she's going. Um, but Tysan will get caught up in her own hubris. She thinks that this is what's best for everybody. You know, like... If nobody has the formula, they can't use it for power, they can't use it for leverage, and we can avoid that whole situation. That's what she thinks. 
and say what you will about Tysan, but she doesn't use the formula for power and she doesn't use it for any real leverage. She doesn't use it to improve her situation. She may use it in a little bit of a petty way, but she doesn't actually use it to trade on, you know? And she thinks that's the way it should be used. She doesn't want anyone using it the wrong way. I get that. And I, I even understand her sense of satisfaction at being able to prove all these people who laugh at her and what she believes. They laugh in her face. They're not nice to Tizan about what she believes. So I even understand why there's a pettiness to want to laugh back at them and say, you thought I was a weirdo. You thought I was crazy. And look, I found the answer. Look at you guys scrambling around with little chickens with your heads chopped off. And I found the answer in our backyard. Maybe you'll listen to me from now on. <laughs> but... I, mean, I get that too. It's just like I said, the way that she's doing this is just—I <sighs> get it. It's, but I can't. I guess I can't focus on being upset at Ty Sam because everybody's being so stupid about this. <laughs> like she's just one person being really dumb about the virus and the antidote. Like everybody's being stupid about this. Um, so I'm like, she's just one of them. <laughs> and at least I get where she was coming from. I understand what her intentions were. Um, yeah, she's. it's going to backfire in her face when yeah. she realizes that her own tribe is still going to end up using the antidote for power and for leverage. And then it's too late. She can't do anything about it. She'll try. Once she realizes that the mall rats are going to use the antidote the wrong way in a way she doesn't approve of, she threatens to give up the formula to everybody. And then they tell her, if you do that, we'll kick you out, you know? So she does try to rectify this mistake she ends up in. But, um... I just, everybody's being stupid here. Everybody. So I can't even focus that much on Tyson's stupidity because I'm like, yeah, everybody's being a dumbass right now regarding this. I think you're letting her off too lightly. I, I think so too. But I can get, I, when you break it down the way you do, I kind of understand it a little bit more. However. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not argue. I'm not, I'm not defending her actually. Yeah, no, I, we know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I get it. I get where she's just being as dumb as everybody. Everybody has their own motivations for the stupid decisions they make about this stuff. Tysan's no different, you know? Yeah, I just, for me, it's like, why does Tysan think that she is better than everyone else? Same reason like, that Danny thinks her way is better than everybody else. Same reason Lex thinks his way is better than everybody else. It's just the same hubris we all suffer from. See, to, to me, Tysan in this moment, she's no different than the Guardian. Mm -hmm. her beliefs trump everything else and yes. she will force her beliefs in this way exactly or, or nothing you know what i mean like burning the antidote formula um knowing that it was science that broke down the ingredients but then oh you can find it in nature she, she's purposely twisting it to her view world yeah. view mm -hmm. and yeah. that's that's dangerous i feel it is dangerous and she's Absolutely. putting everybody's lives and you know at je in jeopardy get people to believe what she wants we've already talked about how dangerous her beliefs can actually be even yeah. with all the good intentions in the world she sent lex on a spiritual quest to save him she had great intentions but we all agree that was super dangerous mm -hmm. yeah she just believes that her beliefs are better than everyone else's that's what i was you know why does she think she's better you know that's what i meant by that like I just don't understand it. It annoys me so much. Yeah. And we don't let other people get away with that. But from a lot of people, Tyson gets a free pass. I don't think anyone's giving her a free pass, though. I mean, you, listen to you guys. You guys are certainly not giving her any leeway here. 
I don't think anyone gives her a free pass for this behavior. A lot of people are pissed. A lot of people blame her for everything that even happens in season two because if she hadn't gotten rid of the formula, things could have gone very differently. Imagine, imagine if when Tyson found the formula, instead of deciding upon herself that she could handle this knowledge better than anybody, what if she had just gone to a copy machine and then plastered the city with the formula? All the stuff that happens in season two wouldn't have happened. You could easily yeah. blame her for everything. But that, you know, is one extreme to the other. You know what I mean? Like, she should have given it to Bray. She should have, you know, gone to her tribe. But why? Of just taking it upon herself to decide that she was the only one that could be trusted. But we can't trust mm -hmm. her. But she doesn't, I mean, if she doesn't believe that her tribe can be trusted with this, which she is right about that. Just let's make that clear. I'm not saying she's not. I'm not she saying that she's is not. right that she can't trust her tribe with the formula. Why would she go to them with it? That's but why that's the whole thing. Why is she there? If she doesn't trust her tribe, yeah, she thinks they're all people. Think along those lines, like, oh yeah, if I can't trust anybody in the tribe, then yeah, why are you there? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hello, Bray and Amber are in a relationship and they don't trust each other. We've already covered this, guys. <laughs> that's know, entirely like, different. This is, yeah, this is a life and death scenario, and you, if you can't exactly. even trust your tribe, then no, you need you need to move on. I honestly don't know why Ty stands with the tribe. I don't know what it is that she's with them with. I don't either. I don't know why she's with them. But for whatever reason, they are her family. But you can still not trust somebody and still think well of them. Oh, yeah. No, I know from personal experience that that is exactly how things can be. It's just in this situation, it's incredibly frustrating because mm -hmm. she knows that everyone is just trying to get this formula so that they can make the antidote so that they can survive, you know, and and she's like, well, I'm going to be sneaky about it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then they'll have to come to me. I'll have to believe yeah. in what I believe in. And I just think that's wrong. I agree with you. Absolutely. She just wants to be worshipped for being able to do this. And that's, I don't even think it's necessarily that she wants to be worshipped, okay? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it's necessarily that. It's just, I, I, I can't agree with the way that she's gone about things. And I can't agree with the fact that she thinks, you know, that she's the only one that can be trusted with this formula. Because I don't think that for a moment. And you're right. And her hubris. Mm -hmm. It's definitely her hubris. I'm just, my only point I'm making is that she's not the only person doing this. Like, there's a bunch of people making these kind of decisions. Yeah, I know, Bray and Danny and Jack. We're all know, making like... decisions thinking we're the best person to make this decision. We're the mm -hmm. best person to decide this for everybody. And they're all making the wrong decisions. That's all my only point is that she's not the only person doing it. But she's definitely wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> I completely agree with that. I just, it doesn't stand, her wrong actions don't stand out to me because it's just one more person making really bad decisions in a Do mass of people. Do you guys think people. that she would still be doing this if Amber was alive? Yeah. I feel like this was always the plan, even with Amber there. I still think she would have done it. Yeah. She might have got caught with it, but. It's, I think it's just her demeanor throughout all of what she's doing, you know? And that's where I, I'm like, this is too much because you can see it. She's. Because even in season one, she made it clear she didn't agree with Amber's view of power or mm -hmm. how it should be handled. So Yeah, but then but then for her to go and do basically the same thing to where she's the only one <laughs> that is in control of this and has the I power. Didn't say she's she's not I a know, I know. No, I know that. It's just it's so incredibly infuriating, you know? <laughs> and it's hard to sympathize with her about anything. Again, I am not arguing with you guys. I agree with you. Tyson is totally wrong. She totally gets caught up in her own hypocrisy and hubris. I'm only pointing out she's not the only one. That's it. That's my only point. She's not the only person being an idiot 
oh, and thinking yeah. they have the right to decide what happens to everybody. That's all. That's my only <laughs> argument. She's definitely not the only one. But She's just no. one of the idiots here making really poor decisions for everyone. It's more than just a poor decision, though. This is literally life and death, and that's why it's so frustrating. I understand that she knows, and she does know herbal medicine. I give her that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, it makes sense that she was able to be like, okay, well, this is, you know, she probably had a feeling from the get-go, you know, that there were some herbs, or, you know, involved in all of this. But it just, it's, it's so sneaky. It's so freaking sneaky, and she had. I have such a hard time reconciling her character after this. Her decisions totally comes from an adolescent's selfish need for validation. Yeah, mm -hmm. because if she really only cared about making sure everybody got this antidote, that's what she would have done when she found that formula. She would have made copies of it. She would have made sure that. I mean, if her concern is that nobody can use it for power, nobody can use it for leverage, but everybody can get it. That would be the most sensible thing to do. Make sure the formula is out there for everyone to mm -hmm. get it. Because then nobody can use it for power and everybody has access to it. So yeah, she's totally letting her own, like, I want to make a point here. That's what this is about. Yeah. I don't think she had bad intentions. She's still a freaking idiot. <laughs> she's just one of many idiots. I was trying to watch it, and but I, I kept missing it. But did, 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 did anyone notice if Tyson took the antidote herself? Not this I, first time ago. Not this first no, time I ago. did not see her take it. She doesn't take it until she is basically forced to later down the road. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I still don't think she believes in the antidote, but she knows that other people do. So as long as it exists, she's going to try and use it to her, what she thinks, how she thinks it should be used. But she doesn't believe in it enough to take it. That just makes me hate her even more. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It just makes everything so much worse because everybody else does believe in it, you know, and she's like, well, we'll see. Maybe this will work, you know, and it's just, uh, I, I want to believe in it enough, screen, you know, and I want to slap her. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I do agree with you, Liz, because a lot of characters in this episode make some really terrible decisions. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. I think it's been three episodes of horrible decisions oh. so far. <laughs> I mean, let's switch gears a little bit because we have to talk about the ghost of Amber. Because <laughs> in a quiet moment, Bray and Celine share their grief over her loss, um, and this is witnessed by Ryan. Um, but Panna, what did you think of everything that kind of follows on from this? Because we see Trudy's continued je jealousy of Danny's closeness with Bray, and later on, we see Ebony attempt to seduce him as well. Um, do you think everyone making a play for Bray so early on is kind of nasty? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> it's it's horrible. Like, but it doesn't surprise me. I it no. doesn't surprise me at all. Not with Ebony for sure, you know. And with Trudy, I'm still torn on. Like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> at least Trudy doesn't make a direct play at Bray, unlike Ebony. I mean, she whines, she complains, she mistrusts Danny. She doesn't make a direct play at him. Oh no, yeah, I agree. Yeah. For yeah. Trudy, it was kind of part defending Amber, part like yeah. Yeah. The she doesn't do anything about it because well, she knows that's a lost cause. Of the three situations, um, I agree that Trudy's doesn't even count as a play on Bray because 
it doesn't insinuate at all that that's what's going on through Trudy's mind. Mm-hmm. Trudy has every reason not to trust this person that Bray just yeah. brought home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who are you and why are you here? If you think about it, even if Danny wasn't a girl who was with Bray, if someone just brought a stranger into the mall who says, I want to help with the whole antidote thing, would you trust them? And be like, where the frick no. did you come from? So nope. Trudy's behavior makes perfect sense. Not to mention there must be a little bit of hurt to think that he was about to leave us. He was about to leave me and his niece. And yet yeah. he comes back and instead of like turning to one of his close friends to talk to, he he reached out to a stranger instead. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Do we little to you? So for Trudy, exactly. I don't think it has anything to do with, oh, I still want him or anything like that. She Her reaction makes perfect sense. When it comes to Ebony, what the frick? <laughs> That is gross. Uh, it, it is, is so, so gross. gross. And it is so ebony. It's disgusting. But yes, it's so her. It really lets you know that any interest she's showing in Lex or Bray right now is not on a personal level. It's just for advantage. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, she's just playing her cards, who she needs to be in with so she can have power over this group. And mm-hmm. she ignored Bray initially till he brought Danny home. And then she was yeah. like, I got to move fast because he's already picked up a replacement. So I got to get in there. And it's just gross. It's really gross. <laughs> as for Celine, I never read it as Celine trying to make a move on Bray. Mm-hmm. I truly just saw it as two friends mourning the loss of somebody. You know, like Bray is in Amber's room. And Celine is walking by Amber's room probably for the same reason. This person that you loved and depended on is gone and you haven't had any time to think about it. And she finds him crying and they just have a cry together. And it's really beautiful because none of these people have had a chance to actually mourn the people we've lost. Mm -hmm. Neither have we. I just think the moment is ruined by having Ryan see them and assume the worst. And I'm like, why couldn't you just let Celine and Bray have this moment as friends mourning a loved one? Why did you have to turn it into something questionable by having Ryan see them and get that look on his face like they were doing something wrong? And it's like Bray is not allowed to have friends, you know, and he certainly can't have friends with a girl that used to be into him. And I just wish they hadn't ruined that moment because by itself, I think it's really necessary and beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, by itself, it is it is a nice moment and it's good to see it, you know, but I think it's a little foreshadowing for the future. Yeah. Uh, and, and if we if we didn't know what was to come, we would think that's innocent. It's nice. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's great. But we know. We know what is coming. I still and, think in this moment, that's not what was Yeah, no, I agree. Thing. In this moment, I absolutely agree I with you. Too, no, in this moment, it is innocent. It's yes, not foreshadowing that she's going to suddenly realize she still likes him. In that's moment, what I mean. You know, we know what's coming. And that's why it's hard for some of us to, to look past it and think anything else other than that. You know, um, when you watch it the first time, yeah, it's sweet. It's innocent. It's it's two friends mourning over another friend. Um and and I, I think having Ryan have that, that sense of jealousy just kind of sets things up. I wonder if it was just jealousy, though. I mean, it was mainly his own insecurities. About and it, was, it absolutely probably was jealousy. You know, in the simple fact that, yeah, he probably thinks Bray is the better man. I, I don't feel like Ryan really thinks that much of himself. Oh, exactly. Like I think Lex broke him down, you know, so much yeah. over the years. I think it's probably a bit of both. I think, um, I do think, I'm of Celine. It has, I'm Celine, sorry. It has more to do with insecurity. Like he wants to be everything to Celine, like everything. And even he, he can't even handle the fact that she'd rather 
go to someone else for comfort. Like, why didn't yeah. she come to me for this? Why mm-hmm. is she gone oh, to him? Oh, yeah, I can you know? see that for sure. I don't I don't think at this moment it's jealousy of like, oh, it's Bray, but more like she's upset and she didn't come to me about it. She yeah. went to somebody else. Yeah, and that's what I mean. You know, you, jealousy can be many different things, you know. Uh, and I think that's where Trudy as well, you know, I don't think she's necessarily jealous of this other girl that could step in, you know, she's jealous because she knew Bray first, they've known each other longest, mm-hmm. and he he can't confide in her, he can't come to her, yeah. maybe they're not as close mm-hmm. as she thought they were. Like, I'll totally mm-hmm. hug you if you want to cry about Amber, right. I don't want to cry about Amber, come talk to exactly. me man, mm-hmm. why did you yeah. have to get a new girl to cry about it? And not even just a new girl, but a new girl that literally came in and immediately tried to take charge, Yeah, immediately <laughs> tried to tell everybody what needed to be done, who are you, where did you come from? <laughs> that being said, I will say this for the writing and the direction, even though I kind I hate the fact of this beautiful moment between Bray and Celine is ruined. I do like how smartly they're using these moments to carry more than one purpose. Yes. Because if they had just left this moment alone, it would have only served the purpose of, you know, Bray and Celine comforting them ch- each other, blah, blah, blah. But by adding Ryan, it, like you guys said, it sets the stage for the storyline that's going to continue with Celine and mm-hmm. Ryan. I, I will give them credit, even though things are happening really fast, all of these scenes serve more than one purpose. They're getting a lot done in yes. a small amount of time. So I'm going to give them that. Like, that's some smart writing. It's happening kind of fast for me, but well done. <laughs> well done. You're accomplishing yeah. a lot on the economy of storytelling. Well done. Yeah, I wasn't a fan in general of the writing in this episode, but that does set things up for the future. So that's, I do appreciate that. Yeah. It's nice for the continue, you know, it, for it to the consistency. And, and the forethought in it. The stuff that's going to happen doesn't come out of nowhere. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. And if you really pay attention, you see that it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Hey, guys. Everybody okay? No one else come down with it yet? Shut it, Casey. Listen, <clears throat> I've been thinking. That's something new. Maybe it's only the older kids who get it. Thank you, Casey. I said shut it. Don't listen to him, Sal. Just eat your breakfast. I'm not hungry. Doesn't seem any point. You don't want it, I'll have it. You don't want good food to go to waste, do you? Maybe we'd be better off away from here. In the country. It's out there too, remember? Yeah, but there's bound to be less risk where there's fewer people. Might as well stay where we are then. There's going to be fewer people around here soon. KC? I don't know how to talk about KC. Um... (laughs) 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 Okay, I'm just going to set the stage and let you guys talk it out, because I don't know how to talk about him, honestly. um... So with Lex remaining convinced that he has the virus again, the group worry about what to do now that they've run out of the antidote. And we have a scene where Dal suggests moving to the countryside, and Casey gleefully ponders whether only the older kids will get the virus. He ends up upsetting Celine. But he continues to get more and more <laughs> kind of awful, and he makes more and more remarks about their overall survivability, and it's all with a nasty grin on his face. Um, Ipano, what did you make of that scene in Casey's behaviour? <laughs> Uh, he made me wonder one thing was this what Lex looked like when he noticed all the adults were going to be gone (laughs) it's from his point of view if the older kids are just all gone he'll be top dog yeah you know he doesn't like to be pushed around and if only the older kids get it then he'll be safe and he'll be left to deal with everything and then he can be the big hero for everyone and have all the things. Yeah. 
no, absolutely. Like, definitely, he was nasty. He was a nasty little butthead mm-hmm. uh, in this in this this scene in this situation. Um, but it's not out of character for Casey at all. Um, it seemed, you know, very fitting for him to try to antagonize Celine. Yeah, that too. And Ryan, you know, um, I it made me laugh all the while I was telling him to shut up. We've already covered how Casey acts out in times of stress. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we know he's very nonsensical. I also think this is also this is KC getting back at these people. Remember, KC is the one who told them, hey, maybe we shouldn't give out all the antidote if we mm-hmm. don't know how we're going to get more. Okay, maybe we should hold on to it just in case. And he was told by his leaders, shut up, kid. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll cut, we'll cut, cross that bridge when we get to it. Casey's like, you guys are going to be sorry because you're going to give all this out. And then you're not going to be able to make more. And all these people are going to come after us. Casey saw it and he called mm-hmm. it and told to shut up. So now that it's happening, you can't tell me I can't ain't sitting on his throne like, ha, I told you guys. And nobody oh, listened yeah. to me, the stupid kid. But I was right. And you're all going to burn. And I probably won't die <laughs> because <laughs> I'm too young. I'm just going to enjoy <laughs> you. And he's, all these people are freaking out. And Casey is just loving it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you guys deserve this. You're a bunch of jerks who didn't want to listen to me, and now it's happening. And no one even has the grace to say, gee, Casey, you were right. Maybe we should have <laughs> So, yeah, she's getting petty revenge. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, as I say, it's not out of character. It definitely falls right in line with who Casey is. I mean, how many of us can resist in a very well-deserved, I told you so? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> there's an I told you so and there's a oh yeah you're gonna die maybe also it's justification for the fact that none of them cared you know about Lex yeah. being in this situation mm-hmm. that too remember yeah, Lex I can see zero. that yeah and they don't they don't they didn't care that Lex could get this again and yeah so he, right now Casey's just he doesn't care. And he doesn't care about hurting anyone's feelings. He's poking the bear. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I get it. Yeah, I get it's it. definitely, you know, one of those, of course they don't need to die, but maybe they deserve it. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure he doesn't <laughs> want them to. <laughs> In his defense, he does have a point. I mean, when Lex and Patsy came near Glenn, Lex got sick, Patsy didn't, and he was the younger kid. That's true. Nope. <laughs> But Patsy didn't get sneezed directly into her face like Lex did. No, okay, but he doesn't know that. But as far as Casey has seen, he's mostly seen older kids with yes, the virus. Yes, He hasn't yes. seen any six-year-olds running around the city nope. crying because they're sick. So he's right. like, maybe it only does get you older kids. <laughs> Sucks to suck. Oh, well, should have been smaller. <laughs> yeah. That does make the the mob scene a bit weird, though, because he does see you do see younger kids get it. Yeah, but not KC's age, do we? Yeah, they're quite young. In the mob. They all seem like to me they're skewing from age twelve and up. Like I'm not mm-hmm. seeing any twelve and unders in that crowd. No, I wasn't seeing any like Mouse's age or Patsy's age. You know, just from my eye, they all look like they were at least twelve, thirteen, and older. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe it's just me. Yeah, some of them look quite young in that mob. Was it just me who felt very sorry seeing that girl there with the braces? The braces? Oh my god, that's exactly what I said. I go, that poor girl. I go, she's going to have to have those braces for the rest of her life. Yep. 
Who's gonna take them off? <laughs> Poor kid. Pliers. I got gotcha. you. No, I'm not. I'm not justifying Casey's behavior. I just. I understand it. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not. There's definitely mm-hmm. not. It's not justifiable. But I can see what you know. And it's, it's not, not out of character. It's not, not out of line. It's your family members about their impending death. But I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could see how that can be fun. Yeah. Speaking of the mob, panel, like we see Bray and Jack be confronted by the mob as they're trying to investigate the government buildings for the lab supplies. And they make a remark about how we know where you live. What what do you what do you think of that? I was like, when did they find out where they lived? That was I mean, unless they told everybody where the mall rats were in sector ten. You know, while they were handing out the antidote. Word gets out easily, though. I mean, you see some former locos there. Surely some tribe circus folks must have been around somewhere. Yeah, and I mean, the locos did know to go back to the uh, the sewers, but they didn't mm-hmm. go inside, which didn't make sense to me. That was unfortunately an old clip they reused, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I know, we see that clip so many times. But it's not a secret. I, it, that the mall rats are in sector 10 they announced as much right. themselves that we mm-hmm. work on sector 10 okay so this is not the first time the mall rats have been out in the mall world they were also just out yesterday giving out free antidote mm-hmm. i guarantee That's there what was saying, careless yeah. conversation made yeah about you know who they are where they might live i am not surprised these kids were able to put two and two together like you know oh these are the mall rats they're from sector 10 you talk to somebody else who's already been there oh yeah i know the mall rats we we actually broke into their mall blah 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 you know and let's be simple about it they're called mall rats yeah and celine does say that everybody's willing to trade with them now and you you go to the mall mall rats mall there must mustn't have been several of them in that sector yeah, I wouldn't think so. There's just is numerous ways they could have gotten this information. The Marats are not being stealthy about this situation at all. No, they're not. And let's not assume that everyone in the city is an idiot. Okay, yeah, I guess it's just the, the juxtaposition between season one and two. I think it's just how they were so hidden for so long, and now it's just everyone knows where they are. I think it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> exactly that goes with everything being so you know done so quickly. Mm-hmm. How many days has it even been? So quickly. days. <laughs> Um, and yeah, for, yeah. Going on from that, like, were you any was anyone surprised at how quickly the mood in the city changed and how everyone suddenly reacted against the Morats? Nope, nope. Oh, that's what you got. Could have told these people. You guys weren't thinking past two feet in front of your faces when you're giving this stuff out. What were you thinking? Nope. Not surprised at all. I mean, granted, I wish logically that this isn't how people responded to situations, but it doesn't take much to know this is exactly what would go down, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised. And it doesn't take very many people to start a mob and then, you know, other people join in and it, it it's not surprising in the least bit. Mm-mm. It's the only logical way that this would have gone. The minute you start seeing them giving out the antidote without a plan, I'm like, you guys, yep. this is going to turn against you. What are you mm-hmm. doing? Yeah, did, let's talk about that. Did that surprise anyone? Like Bray, Danny, any any of them didn't have any plan. Oh my god! <laughs> like really? Oh my god! That's why I miss Amber. Okay, this, oh, yeah. in this moment, that's why I miss Amber because I feel like she would have had a plan, or she would have at least tried to think about a little bit further mm-hmm. in the future. Oh my god! Uh, and I, I, it's just such a letdown. <laughs> See, this is why I can't focus on being mad at Tysan because I'm too busy being like, why is everyone so stupid? <laughs> Everybody. 
again, I understand the motives behind why they're doing it. I get it. All these, all the mall rats, their first instinct is to save everybody. And they found the stuff they can do it. And they're just like, let's get it out there and save as many lives as possible. But when valid arguments are brought to their attention about this, they just ignore them. Now, I understand Bray ignoring it because he's distracted. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not really focused. He's just, I get it. But Danny clearly doesn't care about what will happen to the mall rats when this backfires. Because her response is, eh, who cares? We'll cross the bridge when we get to it. But like, you won't. You're not a part of this tribe. Yeah. Like, who are you? You don't care if they come back and destroy us because you can just leave. You won't even Yeah, go back here. to your comfy apartment, you know. Oh, my word. This is so dumb. And the fact that they ignore any any evidence, like, maybe this <laughs> isn't the best idea. I I got nothing. I got nothing, you guys. It's just stupid. For once, I agree with Maggie. If only Amber had been here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must have hurt you so much. That probably I know. Very <laughs> yeah, she, she wouldn't have, I don't think she would have been this stupid. She would have probably set up shop somewhere in the city with a, okay, come to the old hospital, you can get the antidote there, you know, and just ration it. I just feel like she would have absolutely had a plan, yeah. Like, that, she would have been so much smarter about it. But, let's just be fair, they all got blowed up a couple episodes ago. Yeah. It was in an explosion. Maybe they're still struggling with the side effects. Well, I'm already convinced that Bray has brain, brain damage. So <laughs> there's a lot of allowances I have to make for him now. You know, the smart, clever Bray that I, I once adored, he's gone. He, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. He was unconscious for 12 hours. That, that'll do it to you. That'll do something. Yeah. And then all that smoke inhalation. Exactly. A lot of brain cells. Poor kid. There's nothing he can do about that. And they didn't even um, take him outside for fresh air. No, they left him in there. <laughs> they left Please. him in there. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Why didn't Tyson realize that wasn't the best option? I was going to say, that's on Tyson. <laughs> she- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's talk about um, Danny as well in this situation, because was anyone, knowing obviously what happens in the future, was anyone surprised at kind of Danny's lack of reaction or care about the antidote? No, I wasn't surprised no, either. I'm not surprised. I mean, well, okay, okay. No? I wasn't because she made it clear when she first showed up that she had one motive. I didn't know why. I didn't know what was motivating her. I didn't know why she was so obsessed with this antidote and virus stuff. But it was mm-hmm. so clear to me that she was just, this is what I care about. And this is all I care about is getting this mm-hmm. antidote out to the people. So I just figured she was obsessed for whatever reason, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. That's her thing. She clearly doesn't care about the consequences. So she just went on the stupid list with everybody else for me. Just uh, how to explain it. It just seemed to have a lack of empathy, empathy and foresight. Like with her history and what we know is coming up, like, I, I don't know, it's a weird one. But I really don't have too many opinions on Danny, mm. other than bad ones. With what we know it's com- that's coming, it's just, it kind of fits with that, because we know her history, but... It's in character for what yeah. we learn about Danny. Because yes. when you watch her going forth, you see that Danny does have a one-track mind. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't really care about the consequences of her actions as long as her actions get what she wants done. You mm-hmm. know? So she doesn't think about there, you know, there's a ripple effect from what you're doing. 
and people are going to feel a certain way about it. Danny does not care about any of that. She doesn't no. care who she rubs the wrong way in the mall. All she cares about is accomplishing her goal, whatever her goal is, you know? And so that is consistent with her. So, I mean, yeah. when you take all of her actions throughout season, season two into account, it's like, yeah, she totally would be like, just get this out there because her only goal is to reverse the damage her father did. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't really, she does not think anything else about it. Like what, how's the best way to go about this? And you know, no, this is my goal. And I'm straight shoot bulldozing through whatever walls, even mm -hmm. better to go around or work with people. Screw that. She's a straight liner. I'm accomplishing this goal. I don't care who I have to run over to do it. And then shocked that there's consequences. Like, what? <laughs> like, no wonder your dad was the scientist he was. <laughs> he was clearly more concerned with whether or not he could than whether he should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least he takes after him. Yep. But I mean, I mean, that's a realistic human flaw. So uh, it's annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. I just like, I'm looking at her like, who are you? <laughs> Yes. Here. Stop making decisions for my Marat. That's my thing. Like she came in and just was like, "Well, I'm your leader now." Oh. No. No. <laughs> Go away, lady. We don't know you. I'd like to have a word with Costa Boats. I love your direction. I, I think your your lighting and your scenes and shots are really lovely. But Costa, must you always frame? Danny sitting on Bray's shoulder like a golem. Get <laughs> the freaking point, Costa. We know who she it. is. We know yes. she's the replacement. Do you need to keep rubbing it in her face <laughs> in every freaking <laughs> shot? She looks like she's haunting him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please, could you stop framing her like this? Oh, oh my gosh! It drives. I'm me telling you, it's the why everybody hates her. It makes it feel like Bray's not making any decisions for himself. It's just Danny in his ear telling him what in he needs to do. In his ear telling him. Oh. <laughs> and it's so frustrating because, again, who is this lady? Who is this girl that he just... She had a crossbow pointed at his face two days ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they feel the need to continue reminding us in every shot when Bray and Danny is that Danny's the replacement. Like, stop it. Yeah. We got it. Would you stop rubbing it in? Yeah, that's why everybody hates her. her? <laughs> we can't get to know Danny for Danny because all we see is Danny and Bray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, stop doing that. Cut it out. Let us get to know her on her own terms. Oh, Would she Lord. be her own character? No. They didn't give us that. I wish they did. So do I. Like, I do wish that I felt differently about Danny. Like, I wish that I could have enjoyed her character, but I just, I can't. Everything about her rubs me the wrong way. You know, her first shot with that crossbow, I loved that. That's what I'm saying. That I saw that and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. And then we go into the next episode and it's like, wait a second. <laughs> mm -hmm. Are you serious? You got yeah. her constantly framed next to him. Bray is only confiding in Danny. In her. Who is she? Anybody else in his tribe of what he should be doing next. He's confiding in a stranger that he doesn't even know. Now, remember, yeah. you guys, we know Bray is a private person. Yes. Okay? Who we complain that he doesn't share necessary information with the people who should know it. Mm -hmm. And yet here he is making huge decisions for his tribe, not talking to a single one of his tribe members about this decision. But he's talking to the new chick that he just met and be like, right. what do you think I should do? And here's a super secret. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be the only one knowing what I'm doing. I'm like, what is happening here? This doesn't make sense. Why is Bray being this open with Danny? 
He doesn't even know her. It's like he's an entirely different character. Mm-hmm. Okay, before before we get to that Lex scene, let's leave the city as we are reintroduced to Alice. Ali, there's no use trying to hide. I saw you. Okay, okay, don't get your knickers in a twist. Don't talk to me like that, young lady. Why not? You ain't my ma. Ali. Sorry, Alice. I wish I was ma. You just have to make do with your big sister, right? Right. So we see her life on a farm and not content there, Ellie has been sneaking off to sea and she manages to catch the virus, which leads to Alice joining the crowd at the mall wanting the antidote. So yeah, panel, what were your thoughts on seeing Alice and the farm again? And what did you make of her sister, Ellie? I was excited to see Alice again. She's one of my favorites. Uh, I don't really have very many thoughts on Ellie right now. <laughs> Because we don't really know that much about her. She just seems like a young girl who, you know, wants to do what she wants to do and the consequences, you know. Um, just your typical little sister, not listening. I love seeing Alice again. Just just her presence there. It's just... Uh. Finally seeing her in a proper costume, a proper outfit. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to see Alice. For me, it's the highlight of this episode in mm-hmm. general. Surrounded by all these people making stupid decisions, and here comes Alice to save the day. <laughs> yep. And um, with all her awesomeness, I actually I I liked the introduction to Ellie. I thought it was it felt organic and natural. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, Alice has a younger sister, and um, who of course doesn't. She's not about yep. this farm life. I thought that was a nice way of mm-hmm. introducing, you know, bringing them into the city life because we've just established yep. that one of them doesn't like to stay on the farm and is always sneaking off. And of course, you know, Alice doesn't want her to get sick, blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was nice. A lot of exposition, but it was well done, you know. And um, I liked their style. I liked their clothing. My only thing that's ever always stood out to me, because they don't carry it through going on later, is that they give both Alice and Ellie this very hillbilly vernacular in the way they talk. Mm-hmm. Ma, pa. And, and yeah. you'll notice that's not how either Alice or Ellie continue to speak. Once they end mm-hmm. up joining our mall rats. I mean, Alice has always had more casual language or lingo, but Ellie is actually very articulate. So it's mm-hmm. weird that she's introduced in this episode talking like she don't speak so good. You know? yeah. <laughs> Later, she clearly very well does. You know, I don't know if it's just one of those things that she does. She adjusts how she speaks, you know, depending on who she's with. That could be a thing. But I, it just that was the only thing that stood out to me. It's like they don't talk like this later on. Mm-hmm. I did think it was a nice little touch to have Alice go on about, I promised our parents, you know? Yes. I told them I would take care of you, so that's my job as your big sister. Yeah, it was definitely sweet to see that between siblings, you know, because you don't get a lot of that. And an uh, ebony snarky remark about little Alice. I wanted to smack her for that. I, I wanted to smack Ebony a few times this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't appreciate how Alice's size is often used as a joke. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, granted, I understand that mostly the joke is on the other people who make assumptions about her, but I, I don't. I still don't like it. I don't like like nope. it. Just I feel like it leans into this idea of what ideal feminine beauty is supposed to be, and how Alice doesn't live up to it. You know, and um, I mean they've do- been doing it ever since they introduced us to Alice from the first moment. Yeah. When Dawn says, oh, I'll get Alice, and the boys react like, oh, go ahead and get Alice. And then they turn around and they see who Alice is. Mm-hmm. 
and they just continue making this joke about Alice not looking like the ideal fem you know femininity she's yeah. big she's tall she fights I get tired of it 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 I get really tired of people feeling like that's an okay joke to keep making about Alice, yeah you know and like, having Dal call her the pig lady like I get why they called her the pig lady because that's where they got the pig from mm -hmm. but it also felt like a little bit of a dig you know? it does it does it could have definitely come up with some other way the, the farm like farm alice you know or something like that yeah that was very undow yeah mm -hmm. yeah but i don't genuinely think dow meant it in a a malicious way i don't think braid you know when he said it was who we got the pig from you know, it, just seems, it does seem like a very undow like thing to even say. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can understand him saying, oh, you know, it's the farm check or something like that. But right. for him to call her the pig lady does feel like a personal dig that Dow would never say. Yeah, exactly. It, it felt for Dow, it felt like something he just blurted out without thinking. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I don't feel like it was malicious. Yeah, like there's a lot of things you got from Alice. The pig that you got from Alice isn't around anymore. You ate it at the wedding. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the on that thing mm -hmm. for Bray to be like, it's who we got the pig from. But you like, got Dane so knows much what other you're talking about. Too. Like, yeah, are you talking about Porky? Because you didn't get Porky from Alice, Bray. Like, this is a very stupid conversation. Yes, I, she's a lady from a farm. We trade food with her once. Why is she the pig lady? At least Dal calls her a lady. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was so cute to me. I feel like it was just an unnecessary dig by the writers. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's the first of many, and I really don't. Yes. I think mm -hmm. it's old and tired. And I'm like, would you stop pointing out that Alice does not meet the standards of what a feminine a woman should be, and what size she should be, and what beauty is? Just cut it out. It's really pissed. Because they don't do it with anybody else. Nobody else. Nobody else gets that same treatment. You know, and so I'm just like, it gets old. It really gets old. And Alice is definitely woman. She is woman. Hear me roar. You know, <laughs> like it's it's so it's horrible. I, I hate the digs they make, but I was so happy to see a girl Alice's size on this show. Yes. Because especially when this first came out, you never saw plus sized girls in any show. Especially not like a main type character no. either. Mm hmm. And Alice is wonderful, positive rep representation, yeah. you know, yes. but it's like, you still need to get rid of all the stupid little down punching jokes you have about her because mm -hmm. they're not funny. And it's almost like the, I can say this because I have a black friend, you know what I mean? It's like, no, right. it's, it's not funny. Just because you have Alice on the show and she's a great character doesn't make these jokes cool. It doesn't make them cool, but it makes it realistic because this is what girls Alice's size have to deal with all the freaking time. That is yes, true. and kids are mean. That's yeah. true. But I still feel like they go out of their way with Alice in ways that they don't yes. do with anybody else. And if you're yeah. going to ignore that realism with other characters being picked on for certain things, then you can ignore Alice being picked on for this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you, you just you yeah across the board. You're either going hard with how mean kids are to each other. Or you're not, you know, but don't yeah. just pick specific characters that are easy fodder, you know, just stop it. As Jack the nerd, you know, mm -hmm. gets picked on because he's smart. Ryan gets picked on by, by people because he's dumb. But they don't ever face any physical, they don't get any right. physical scrutiny. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. No, that's what I mean by the picking of the characters, you know, like picking on certain ones uh, for, for one aspect of their character. And it's just, it's not, 
it's not really that realistic, but at the same time, it is. You're right. They should just do it across the board because there's many things that could be, you know, mm-hmm. on, on, on multiple characters. <laughs> I just, I'm saying, like, you have all these females on the show, and every single one of them is a different ideal of what beauty is. But yeah. Alice is the only one where the idea of her being beautiful is considered absurd. There's, she's the only one anyone ever reacts that way to. Like if yes. someone had said, oh, you have a crush on Trudy, that person wouldn't be like, Trudy, why would I have a crush on her? You know? Right. And we see more of this you know, with Alice. physical beauty. We've accepted that. Of course, someone could have a crush on her, but for some reason, Alice is the only one. Who gets that's that real life at that age. My point is that you'd still have people who wouldn't find Trudy attractive or Danny attractive or Amber attractive, but we never have that pointed out. Mm -hmm. It's never used in the language. And all I'm saying is if you're going to do it with one character, you got to do it with all of them. Yeah. But there are plenty of people that would look at Alice and be like, you are a beautiful woman. Exactly. You know, even at that age, there are plenty of people who look at Celine and be like, that chin ain't my type. Not exactly. You know? (laughs) Yeah. But that no, no one ever says anything like that, you know. It's just accepted that oh, Celine's beautiful, you know. Right. And so I'm not. So all I'm saying is that yes, you're right. Kids mm-hmm. suck. People are cruel. But if you're going to have that, it needs to be with everybody and not just token characters. Yes. Because if you're going to have that, where are the racists? I don't see any of them. Mm-hmm. You're telling me right. that Ebony and Dal and Chloe wouldn't have to deal with that crap, but you'll notice it's not in the show. Never comes up. Right. Even if that's realistic. So just if you're going to be realistic, be realistic everywhere. I wonder if that had to do with the censors, though. And that's probably it. It's okay to make fun of a big heavy girl, but oh, we can't, you know, because it's fine. That would be fine. That's all my problem. I'm just saying it's like, I don't like seeing it because she's the only character that really gets it. Mm. Yeah. It's just disappointing. Yeah, I guess looking at it now, it is for me at the time. I mean, I've always been Alice's size. So for me, it was, it made sense that they responded that way because I was used to people responding like that. And you've already been taught that that's acceptable. Yeah. And I'm just saying the show had the opportunity to make it clear that it wasn't acceptable. That they didn't. And I'm not not even dissing the writers. I get it. This was 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. But even 20 years ago, I thought it was BS. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Because I think up until that up until that point, nobody ever really picked on anybody for the way that they looked. Not really. Mm. So to see it come in and, and have it be fat shaming, it was it was very disappointing. Yeah, I'm just very glad she got a lovely story arc after that. Yes, yes, and that's what they say. Like it's so good to see her come in. You know, she's gonna she's gonna do things. <laughs> yeah, she she's just standing there and seeing. Taking no crap from anybody. I loved what she said. She's like, I'm going to come in and these guys are going to come in with me. (laughs) (laughs) I love how the mob wasn't organized until Alice showed up. Yes. They're like, okay. (laughs) Yep. We'll follow this one. (laughs) (laughs) She seems to know these people. Alice is just full of so much win. Like she is the high point of this episode. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I just love the way Vanessa portrait her. I like how she's not bothered by anything anyone says. Yeah. You know, I, you know, Bray's like, I'm sorry, Alice, I can't do that. And she's just like, I'm not taking no for an answer, dude. She's <laughs> um, like, you're going to let us in. or You're going to let, let us, us in, in or we're just going to come in. <laughs> <laughs> and then still smiling. Like, she's all smiling. Yeah. I love it. Such a good attitude. <laughs> no kiss she gives. I just flex. love her so much. <laughs> this, that's our last chance for saving everybody. And that's all we've got. It's all I need. Okay. 
let's talk about Lex. Okay, let me let me lay the facts down <laughs> before we get. <laughs> so, fact one: Lex believes that he has the virus. Fact two: We don't actually physically see that he has the onset of the virus. This is just him saying it. Fact three: He then finds and drinks the only sample left of the antidote. Thoughts, reaction. You uh, selfish. Yes, but it's not surprising either. No. Like it is not surprising that he was like, wow, they're like, no, don't, and he just downs it. You know, like that's a very Lex thing to do. Because mm-hmm. in the end, he's always going to look out for himself above everybody yep. else. I just want to know why one person, just one person, didn't make the point that every time Lex was like, oh, I don't need to drink this. I've already had my antidote, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't anybody say, actually, Lex, you had the stuff from Hope Island, okay? And we don't even know if it's exactly the same as this. Just because it tastes the same to you doesn't mean it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. All right? I don't know why when Lex is like, I'm getting the, I've got the virus again, that anybody didn't consider for a second that, yeah, maybe he is because he didn't get his antidote from the same place we're getting the antidote. Why doesn't anybody consider this for a second? I just, I just, that's all I want to know is why nobody considers where Lex got his antidote compared to where they found the other antidote. Well, it's a lack of common sense in this whole situation. Mm-hmm. You none. know, clearly. Like, and, and Lex isn't showing any physical signs that he is sick again. However, he knows what he felt like when he was sick the first time. Mm-hmm. No one else knows what it feels like, you know? Um, and no, I do not believe that Bray was willing to let Lex die. Okay. Like, I don't think that was in his mind. Yeah, I come think on, he Lex. was just like, like... <laughs> we have to figure out how to recreate this formula, how to yeah. recreate this antidote. And this is all we have. But maybe if Bray hadn't decided to just make Danny his secret keeper and actually talk to the rest of his tribe about what his plan was, like, we need to hold some of this back so we can analyze it. You know, Lex wouldn't have stumbled in and thought he... I mean, Grant, I agree with you. Lex, you know Bray wouldn't do that. Come on. Yeah. But um, this whole thing was handled yeah. badly by everyone. It was absolutely handled horribly. And for Danny to just be standing there, like, oh, don't worry about where Bray is. No. <laughs> Sorry for my language, but <laughs> who are you? <laughs> hey. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Like, I completely understand Lex being like, who are you? What is going on between you and Bray? You know, and making such assumptions, you know, I mean, what's the first thing I wasn't here for last week's episode, but what's the first thing Lex said when Bray and Danny walked out? Didn't take you long, did it? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's already making, making assumptions about Danny. And now Bray, this is the only person he's confiding in, you know, yeah. and talking to about his plans for his tribe rather than, you know, his tribe. <laughs> Bray, what, did you, what did you think this was going to look like to Bray, to Lex? What did you think? Right. And did Bray really think that Lex wasn't going to down that antidote as soon as he picked it up? Of course he knew. That's why he didn't. Like, we all knew he was going to take it. Oh, my gosh. This whole thing. They're all a bunch of idiots. Every single one of them. Idiots. I think Lex is being completely selfish tool over this. And this whole time, Tysan's just off doing sneaky, sneaky stuff, you know, <laughs> not letting anybody know, hey, I'm going to get these herbs so I can make this Ugh. antidote for you guys. Just be patient. Like, no, she has to ha- be like, here, I did it. I am your savior. But you guys have to admit, even if Tysan had said, hey, you guys, I think I can make this 
Do you think any of them would have listened to her? Nope. Possibly. I mean, probably nobody would have listened to her, Maggie. At the same time, though. At the same time. If she, if she told the truth. Yeah. <laughs> if she told the truth with the formula. But in this if, situation, if, if, if Tyson had said, I'm like, going to make the antidote formula, I'm going to okay. do it because I believe it can be done with plants, not a single one of them would have believed her. Okay. Okay. But this is what I'm saying. Okay. She comes into the mall. She or she sees the mobs outside. She comes into the mall. She hears the commotion and she just quietly goes up to her room and starts <laughs> grinding up herbs. Like, couldn't you just be like, hey guys, just give me five minutes? <laughs> like, they I still will be wouldn't back. have listened to her. But still, yeah. at least it was something in that moment. That it was something that didn't so have much. anything. Yes. Fans a showman. She was going to wait until she had a product to show I know. <laughs> I know. But it's like, just let Bray know, hey, I- I'm trying to figure this out. Just have some patience with me, why should she let know? bray know when bray doesn't want to tell anybody what he's doing well, i say bray because bray's the the quote unquote leader you know what i mean like their leader and, isn't communicating with them he's making some i, I know i know this behind their back. i know this i mean but she's she hears the mob downstairs but it's, it's that that's that fact that maggie said yeah she sneaks in she goes up into a room and she prepares this and not doesn't say a single thing to anyone a else. single thing to oh. anyone while this mob is trying to attack them you know Come what, on. you guys? I'm totally Miss Petty. I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? They need to learn a lesson. And then I'm going to swoop in Ooh. and prove them that I was right. Well, that's just and they should have listened to me all along. I'm going to say that's them. just Ty Stan with her. Sa- I, I, she's got a savior complex. You can't tell mm-hmm. me she doesn't. She's not going to let the mall rats be destroyed. She needs them but to learn a lesson. And then she's the- going to come out she and be like, hey, guys. Look what I oh, have. They would have already got in before that. Now you guys have to listen to me. Uh, it doesn't make it any better. That just makes it worse. <laughs> Little Miss Petty Page over here. But she's not supposed to be petty. She's supposed to be this all spiritual. Why is she not? Okay, why is she not allowed things. to be petty? That's bull. But why isn't she allowed to be petty? I'm not saying she's not allowed to. It's the way that they've set her character up for us. She's totally she's human to person. She's allowed to be petty and stupid as everybody. Good karma. And now she's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I told you. Everybody's uh, a fool. Everybody. Every I single one of them. I think Sam feels she's doing nothing wrong. I know. Nothing. And that's the issue. Because she... Maggie, <laughs> uh, uh. you going to be okay? No. <laughs> Deep breaths. Deep breaths. She can't hurt you anymore, Maggie. (laughs) I am with you, Maggie. I I used to love Isan so much. She's hurting my mom, (laughs) man. Like, this is another thing. She's playing with fire once again, and she's playing with people's lives. And we're just supposed to accept it. And she loves doing that. I can't accept it. I'm sorry. I I understand, though. Um, Tyson will reach a point where even I... Like, I'm so angry at her actions. I can't think straight. But it won't happen until season three. Like, right Aren't now, I'm you still lucky. Like, <laughs> like, okay, you know. She's just being as dumb and selfish as everybody else. And she's allowed to do that. Later, though, she will do something where I'm just like, there's nothing you can say that will defend her actions to me. I lose my freaking mm. mind at her actions. You know? I've been trying so not to I bring feel, it up, but I, yes. I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel your pain, you guys. I do. <laughs> This is like this is how I feel when you guys try to defend Amber's actions in season three. And it's just like, oh, no. No defense. <laughs> I will defend them, you know that. 
How dare you defend her? <laughs> I just, I mean, we didn't need so many sneaky freaking shots of Tai San being sneaky. Like, I don't need to see all that. We know she is being a crap person right now. <laughs> it's showing me. Yeah, that makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's off doing whatever she's doing, okay? But leave it as it is, please. <laughs> It's for, they're, they're speaking to the back row. There's somebody who is watching this and was like, what is Ty Sand doing? What is yeah. her point? And they just haven't put two and two together. So they had to keep showing them mm. shots. For those people to be like, oh, okay, Ty Sand has a plan. Okay, I think I, I think I understand what she's doing. But they really needed it spelled out she's for She's going to save everyone. They just needed it spelled out for him. <laughs> and yeah, just to finish that scene off, um, what did everyone make of Casey's um, inspiration to make a fake antidote to buy them some time? He's smart. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What else are you gonna do? What else? He's so do? clever. Like, and and I I love that it was Casey that did it. Mm-hmm. After after you know having him act out the way that he did in the beginning to have him come around and save the day. Casey saw this coming. Yes, he knew it was mm-hmm. going to come. He had his fun by you know making fun of his friends for their stupidity, yes. and then he swoops in and goes, "Oh my goodness, you idiots!" And I got this. Don't worry. I got it. Yep. Saved by an eleven-year-old, and then first Lex trying to take credit for it. <sighs> well, of course, come on. Anything Casey does, it's Lex, and, and at least Casey speaks up with it. Well, it was my idea. It's nice to see Casey be like Lex. Hold up. <laughs> In fact, the attitude everyone had with Casey and Lex for coming up with this idea kind of pissed me off. It was like, me did too. you guys have a better idea? You got us into this mess, yeah. and now well, you're mad. On for now. That he at least came up with something to get the mob gone, you know. Now you can make a plan, but um, yeah. I mean, I and it was only it. supposed to be a temporary reprieve, exactly. you know. Casey was the like, Bray makes it seem like that was it. That's all that they're, you know. It, it's silly, mm-hmm. Bray. Your plan was to make Jack try to analyze four ounces of fluid. He doesn't even have an actual lab. He doesn't know how to do this. He's telling you he doesn't know how to do this, and you think he's going to be able to figure out what's in this stuff. Like, great, that was your plan? Really? Do you know how much fluid you need to analyze, even if you know what you're doing? Uh, oh my gosh. Casey was smart. I found it typical, though, because Bray commended Casey a couple of episodes ago for being the smart one to just tell the lie that they had the virus to get away, you know? At that point, the strange thing Casey did was wonderful, and now he just gets mad about it oh, I do what think, did you do i think bray's more mad at lex yeah. right now yeah i think that's where his focus is yeah so he's taking that that frustration out yeah. in this situation i will you'll notice this about um the characters especially the ones in power characters like bray danny lex that when they when something happens none of them want to consider their part in making it happen mm-hmm. like they're just bray especially a notice will get very angry at Lex, justifiably so, because Lex has done something wrong, but he won't ever consider the part he played in getting them here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He'll right. act like Lex got them there all by themselves. And it's like, no, Bray, you got us here too. Your actions were just as dumb. And I'll, you'll notice that a lot with these guys. They won't ever take mm-hmm. any responsibility for the part they played in everything hitting the fan, you know? And um, it's like, Bray, they told you not to give this antidote away so carelessly without thinking about it or having a plan but you're not going to acknowledge that that 
part you did. That's why there was a mob here trying to get more antidote. You know, yeah. Lex had nothing to do with that part. You know, what were you going to do with that tiny piece of antidote that Lex just drank? You weren't going to give it to the mob. It wasn't going to stop them. So you're being mad at Lex is kind of unfocused right now. Um, you know, pay attention to what you did to get yourself in this situation. Danny, she's the same way. You know what I mean? She's all talking about, oh, Lex wasn't very welcoming. I'm like, you just bulldozed your way into the small and started telling people yes! what to do. Why should he welcome you? You know, like screw being welcoming. Like all of you just really suck. <laughs> yeah. Besides, compared to how Lex responded to Trudy, he was a gentleman welcoming Danny. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so true. So yeah, I only like uh, Alice this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Alice, Alice is amazing. Everybody else kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Man, they were quick to decide to leave them all this time, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Bray didn't even like discuss it with anyone. Well, we gotta leave. It's time to go now. What do you mean? Gee, I wouldn't be go? surprised if he had taken Danny aside and said, "Hey, I think we should leave them all," and then <laughs> right. presented it to the mall rats. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And you know what blows my mind? The way the episode ends, you know, Bray's showing Danny where she can sleep for the night. And it's like, oh my gosh, all of this has happened so fast. This girl hasn't even been given a bed yet. Yeah. And you've already got her basically making decisions for everybody and running this place. Mm. And you wonder so why only people aren't welcoming day? her. <laughs> I mean, where has she been sleeping for the last two days? Because they haven't. They Good day. Apparently, she didn't sleep anywhere last night. Must have been up with day all night. Oh, chop. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. Well, she heard the whole story, didn't it? We <laughs> 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 spent all night talking about what happened. Because Bray is such an open person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. can totally share all this vulnerable stuff with a stranger. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I totally get why Trudy was pissed off at that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, come on. Couldn't you utilize one of the other characters? <laughs> you know what I mean? Given their history, him talking to Trudy would have made more sense. Come exactly, on, people. Yeah. Bray talking to nobody would have made more sense. Bray just balling it all up into a tumor in his stomach would have made way more sense than him just opening up to this chick that he just met. Oh, Zoot. Oh, mighty Zoot. We will honor your spirit. We will bring home to you the sacred one. Zoot! 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 Okay, so that brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. So as the Chosen continue their journey, we learn a little bit more about their motives as they vow to Zoot to bring home the Sacred One and to make those responsible pay. Um, yeah, panel, back then, do you remember if you had pieced everything together or were you still unsure? I was unsure up until this part. I wasn't sure what they were after until this episode. Yeah. And then he was holding up the manger and yeah. The sacred one. I didn't pick up on the sacred one at that time. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. think that meant anything, but them wholesale will make those responsible pay. I was like, okay, all right. These guys are clearly looking for revenge because Zoot died. And that was mm-hmm. about it. I was like, okay, they're a problem for our mole rats. If they say the sacred one, they hold up a manger and then they switch to Brady's face. Yeah, I didn't, pu- I didn't put it together. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it was the chanting. It distracts me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very... And all the pretty robes. It's so peaceful, you know? It's like putting on an end of <laughs> So peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone ever said those words about the no. chosen. <laughs> 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 
the visual, the water, the robes, the flowers. It's just, it seems like a nice place to take a vacation. That's all. <laughs> I, I wonder, though, how they traveled from where they were to where they're going over water. What if they lived on Hope Island? Just, you know, somewhere in the trees. <laughs> we just didn't know it. We just didn't know. <laughs> they were there. The explosion. Yeah, they, apparently, they have a secret lair somewhere across the water. Yeah. We, see, we see that visual again later when they fetch a boat again. Oh, that is weird. I wish we could have seen that lair. I wasn't afraid of them. They just look too peaceful. And yeah, I wasn't afraid of him at first either. I'm like, this just sounds like a really cool place to get your head on straight, you know, like a rehab center. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Eat a lot of granola and smell incense and hum and clear your head. And very secretly, we'll brainwash you. <laughs> I think they smelled a little bit too much incense. I know the Guardian's all about pomp and circumstance. I can deal with a little showmanship. It's fine. <laughs> Did you like that little kind of intriguing bit with the um, one of the robed guys who could read the stars and see the distance between the mountain and where they were going to get to? Yeah, just a cool aspect of these guys. They have useful people amongst them. Surprised me, like obviously knowing what's going to happen in the future that they have such. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <in there>. yeah. <laughs> I guarantee it didn't actually mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> It's just people who love to say, like, oh, Saturn's in orbit. That totally explains your mood and your craving for muffins. <laughs> but when they were looking at the stars at first, I was wondering if they were trying to make out some sort of star sign that looked like Zoot. That's what I thought, and too. I really tried to connect the dots to see if I can make Zoot out of it. Come on, you know it's somebody's job to pretend they saw a signal so they can tell Jaffa that, yes, you know, Zoot is on our side because I saw an eagle and a snake. You know, was it the same person that saw the, the satellite go across the sky? And that it's was quite possible, sign? you know, that's their job. Their job is to see signs in everything so they can, you know, put help Jaffa put on a show for everybody else. Yeah. I mean, that's what KC has to do in the future. He has to be the Oracle and just make stuff up. <laughs> I just find it intriguing, though. I mean, they follow the stars to get to the sacred one. Yeah, I but mean, it was probably more or less following the stars to get to the city. Not necessarily to her, but to the city. They were using it as a guide. Yeah, but just, you know, the religious aspect of it. I think it was just a tiny nice gesture, or at least remark in that. The stuff, I think, is just Jaffa buying time hmm. until he's ready to make a move, you know? You just have to keep these kids busy. And um, <laughs> that's all a part of breaking them down yeah. and then figuring out what you can do with them. You know, and you'll see what his first test is. The first time he takes them into the city, the first test is to see if they'll try and get the antidote. You know, once he knows yeah. he's got that obedience and he moves on to another test. But yeah, he's just killing time while he works out mm -hmm. what he wants to do and whether or not he can get these guys to do it with him. Yeah. So, yeah, he says, oh, we're waiting for a symbol and the moon's in orbit and blah, blah, blah. And blah. <laughs> While the numbers grow. Yep. Cults are always waiting for something, guys. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I do love Damon Andrews, but did anyone notice just how much older he was than everyone else? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Like, holy crap. He's, he's not a child. <laughs> you know what? That might have been, if I hadn't seen parts of season three before season two, I would have assumed that he was an adult who'd survived. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually, mm -hmm. the first time I watched it, I thought he was an adult. 
Because when you find out later, he went to school. He was supposed to be 16. I was like, uh uh. No. He was in in Martin's class. What? He wasn't even one of the oldest boys. He and his forehead were too old to be in school with them kids. (laughs) Oh. But that's what you get with cults. He's a cult leader. Apparently, he can survive anything. But eventually I realized he wasn't an adult and they just picked an older actor too. So he can convey that like authority and fear yeah. in younger. And mm-hmm. I was like, that works, you know? Yeah, it does work. Once you get past the fact that, you know, he's not a teenager. He's yeah. like 20 he years old. <laughs> I was wondering how many years he was held back at school later on. I know. <laughs> I was just going to say that he was just held back a few times. That's all. <laughs> Sorry, Damon. We love you. Yes, we love you. We do. Love you. (laughs) And that brings Series 2, Episode 3 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, then you can fill out a form over on our website, thetribe.co.uk, or send us a direct message over on our Facebook page. So we'll see you next time for Episode 4. So until then, bye. 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 Bye.